Hello guys and welcome back to Shots Fired Pod. This is Jack here. Hope you're having an amazing day so far. We have a really exciting episode for you today with Rachel Traxler. She is so amazing at everything she does, which is a lot of things. We talk about Rachel's journey with photography and then we get into how to book high-end clients. There's a lot of different things that go into this, but we talk specifically about different lead gen strategies and a lot about client experience, specifically including crafting inquiry responses that are really unique to each client and how to really kind of customize this experience for your clients. So this is so exciting. I'm so, so happy to have Rachel on. I just want to let you know where to find Rachel as well. She is Rachel Traxler on Instagram and TikTok. Her website is racheltraxler.com. And just through her Instagram, you can see all of the links and offerings she has at the moment, including the Gold Biz podcast, uh, her photography, her coaching options, presets, free resources, Amazon storefront, you know, all of the things. So that's where you can find her. And please enjoy this episode. Thank you so Welcome much. Welcome back to Shots Fired Pod, guys. Today we are talking with Rachel Traxler. Rachel's a wedding and elopement photographer and business coach, helping photographers become industry leaders through client experience so they can work less and make more. She hosts the Gold Biz Podcast, a space for all creative entrepreneurs to learn and be inspired. She's not only an entrepreneurial whiz, but she's also such a warm, happy and wholesome person to be following on socials, which you don't always get these days. So that's lovely. And she does it all while being a mum to a toddler and soon to be a baby boy. She defines what it means to be a leading woman in business while creating a beautiful life, not only for herself, but also for those around her. Thank you so much, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. What an intro. I'm so honored. (laughs) So happy to have you here. I've been following you for quite a while now, and it's just like so lovely to see just such a warm and happy take on the business life as well as, you know, all of the nitty gritty. So, so happy to have you here. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm honored. And I'm glad that you feel that too. That's kind of my goal to help, you know, put that out into the world. So I'm glad that yeah. you received that. <laughs> awesome. Well, for all of those, I think most of my listeners will be Australian. So where are you based? I'm based in, in the US and I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Wisconsin. So uh, just smack dab in the middle of the US here and it's pretty cold, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's very fun. It's it's really cool too, because I know we're going to be talking a lot about like premium clients and all that stuff. And I definitely live in an area that people don't necessarily think is like a premium client, client market. So I think that that's really cool and gives me a little bit of a different, unique um, edge on that too. That is so cool. That's so true. Oh, I love that. Well, why don't you tell us a bit about how you kind of started in photography and what your journey has been like so far? Yeah. So just taking it back to the basics really is I actually worked in the medical field. I worked in um, the cancer center and I worked in oncology. I worked with cancer patients. And so I was working with patients who were, you know, terminally ill and kind of taking care of them that way. Um, and I always wanted to keep photography part-time. I never wanted to take it full-time. I never wanted it to be my job or my career, but things with that job kind of were like, were falling through as photography was picking up a little bit. And I was like, you know, this was, this was really draining. It was like, I get to have a uh, you know, work with people who are terminally ill or get to photograph people on like the happiest day of their lives. It was um, like kind of a complete 180. And my yeah. husband is actually the one that really inspired me. He's like, I know this wasn't your plan, but like, maybe you should go for it. Maybe you should just um, like 
go full time and just see what happens. So I always joke, like it was never my plan for myself. Like God totally had these plans for me. I did not have them for myself. And my husband, husband really gave me that nudge and that push towards it. And it's been really cool. Cause I also recently just brought him on to the, the team. And so he was able to quit his job and come work with me in the business, which has been a really cool, so exciting. it's been a really cool, like full circle moment to be like, you know, you're the one that really inspired me to do this. And now, now we get to oh, do that's this. So sweet. I'm at that place with, um, with my boyfriend actually. So he, I'm kind of need second shooters and like, he's not bad with a camera. And I'm like, do I teach him to do this? Like, it would be so cool to work together. So how did that kind of, how did that start? What does he kind of do for you? And what's like the dynamic like working together? Yeah. So obviously I feel like any working dynamic like takes time and like needs some work. It wasn't something that's like, we're still working on it too. It's only been like six months. So uh, it's something that we're Mm -hmm. always working with and we have new goals and new things this year that we want to change and make different. But um, what he first originally was going to start doing for me, he's not doing. And so we've like, he's like kind of switched roles and stuff. Now we found a really good sweet spot with he's doing a lot of like the editing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He's a perfectionist and I am not, I am the complete opposite (laughs) of a perfectionist. And so he's kind of like type A a little bit, like Enneagram one a little bit. And so he's, he's just great for that. He's so good at editing. Um, So he's been doing a really good good job of that. Yeah. And I think he's going to start to um, like manage my associate team this year and help a little bit more on like the marketing and like the social media presence and that side of things this year. So it's all kind of like trial and error that we're just kind of seeing like what works, what doesn't, what he likes. Cause that's really important for me and anyone on mm-hmm. my team is that you need to really enjoy what you're doing. Otherwise we'll find different roles for you because I want everybody to be really happy and excited about what they're doing. Yeah. So true. That's a great point. So do you remember like a moment when you were kind of going full time? Was it really fast from there or what was the, um, the trajectory like? Yeah. So I think because I never wanted to go full time, I really pulled back and like turned away a ton of work that year. And so when I made the decision, I was like, I didn't have a fully booked year that year because I turned away so much work because I didn't want to go full time. I wanted to keep it part time. And then when I decided to take it full time, it was like, then it was just like balls to the walls. Like we went ham. Um, And so I think it was one of those things where I didn't wait till I like met my salary. I didn't um, like have these plans for myself. It kind of just was like, I knew that there was a right time. There was kind of a situation that happened in the office and it just felt, it was like one of those life is way too short moments. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've got to just do this. So I just did it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have a plan B, so I'm just going to figure it out. you got to make it work. Yeah. So what year was that? That was 2017. Early mm-hmm. early 2017 is when I made that commitment okay. and jump to go full time that I did not want to do. <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> so at that point, was that like weddings and elopements you were getting? Yeah. Yep. A lot of weddings and elopements. <laughs> straight into it. I was doing a ton of traveling, like right off the bat, like traveling all over the place. And so, um, kind of dove into all that, which was so, so much fun and such an awesome time in my life to be doing all that too. So cool. So would you say you're like quite naturally entrepreneurial or did that, was that a learning process? I would say I've always had it in my blood. I remember when I was in middle school, I would make like 
little beaded bracelets and then try to sell them at my locker in between classes. Cause like the thought of like the thought of like making something and being able to sell it and serve it to other people, like lit me up. And I was so excited about that stuff. So looking back, it really makes sense to me that I'm an entrepreneur now <laughs> and that I'm a businesswoman. Like there's things in, in my life. That I'm like, yeah, that just makes sense. Makes now. sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I did the same thing, but I didn't make them. I just went to the store and bought them and then put like a markup on them. And I was like, if you buy one, it's this price. If you buy two, it's this price. I'm 10. What am I doing? That is crazy. I've never met someone else that did that. That is so cool. So funny. Yeah. I love that. Oh gosh. So obviously you've got a family now. Um, Is there anything that, you know, once you had a family, did your perspective on business and life change a bit? Was there anything you didn't expect? Yeah. And it, it was one of those things that totally changed. Um, but almost for the better. I remember when I, I was pregnant with my daughter, I was like, nothing's going to change. I'm still going to love to do this and love to do this. And as much as you tell yourself that something in me did change a little bit and don't get me wrong. I still love it. My husband and I were just talking about this too. I, that's kind of my, cause I traveled a ton. I did a lot of travel work. I did a lot of elopements. I traveled all the time, always traveling. I've cut back on traveling a little bit, but I was just talking to my husband about this. I think solo traveling is always going to be like my thing, like my therapy, like my, um, outlet. Like I just really love, I love it. I love traveling solo to weddings and stuff like that. Have I cut back on it a lot? Yes. Um, but another thing that really surprised me was how much better of a businesswoman I am now that I'm a mom. Like I was actually scared that I was going to take a step back, which is totally fine and absolutely normal. Like being a mom is like the number one, most important job, coolest job in the entire world. But I was thinking that my business was just going to take the back burner, which it takes a step back. But also I feel like my business has just grown since I've had a baby. And I, why I think that is, is because before having kids, I felt like, what was I doing with my time? And now that I have my kid, like my daughter and soon to be other babies. So I'm going to have two kids. Like when you get an hour of time, like you get stuff done, like, because you know, you have that little time. So I'm just so much more productive and I'm so much more intentional with my time and like knowing what to say yes and no to, and just being just really very intentional. So I would say the thing that surprised me is I actually became, I think a better businesswoman. That's so good. It's so true. Like the amount of time I waste on things that are like cool but not that important that I should be spending like two hours in my day on and it's just distracting from those tasks that are actually the highest priority so I bet that actually propelled you to be so much more productive I feel like I need that (laughs) maybe I should have kids (laughs) yeah I mean it was a huge blessing I just was like I have to cut back on this like yeah I'm spending way too much time on this this isn't actually moving the needle this is just something that's enjoyable for me to do that I'm pushing off the bigger tasks that are actually going Mm -hmm. to move my business forward. So it was a big realization in the biggest, like, like, the, like blessing. It was the best thing that could have happened, yeah. honestly. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you have, obviously you have a lot of different like kind of facets of your business. What does your day to day look like at the moment? Yeah, it's different. Um, my husband is home, so he does a lot with our daughter and he helps out like so, so much, but there are um, a couple days a week that we have a nanny come in so that him and I both can actually really get work done. So every day is a little bit different. Um, I have a few things that are consistent, but 
on a day-to-day, like on Mondays, like it's it's a Monday. I typically don't work much on Mondays. Like I'll do some like admin tasks or some things here and there, but I would say like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are like my hit it hard days. The days that our nanny is here, Mm -hmm. um, all that stuff. And, um, I, other than that, it's like, cause I have like my coaching business. I have my associate program. I have my own weddings that I do. Um, I have my own podcast, um, creating content that way. So a lot of it, it's not like I have a certain structure of, okay. Um, Tuesdays from one to two are this, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm working on this almost just like what I do is like my big tasks of the week of, I know I have to get these things done. Like these are my big three tasks I have to get done today. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what I kind of focus on. So I know I can feel productive. Like I said, there's a few consistent things of like my consistent coaching calls, um, like recording podcasts on certain days, stuff like that. Nice. If that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's get into the the big juicy topic of today, which is how to book kind of those high-end clients. So kick us off. I'd love to hear about it. Yes, this is such a such an open topic and such a broad topic because there's so much that goes into this. But um, first off, like I talk about premium clients a lot, which is like in the content I talk about. And a lot of people are like, well, what is premium? Like, what is a premium client? Like what qualifies as one and all that stuff in my experience and like kind of my opinion, like a premium client is someone who just like really values the experience, I guess, in like a, in a photographer and like looking at all that. And obviously is willing to pay like at a higher price point to receive that someone who really values that. But also I think someone who really desire, like, um, values, like the desired outcome of like their experience with you, rather than focusing on like the little things, like the minor details of things that could go wrong. I think that's the biggest difference between, um, even just you as a photographer, like the difference between a low budget photographer and an in-demand, like a high-end photographer is you're really speaking to either, are you speaking to problems or are you speaking to desired outcomes? Because premium clients, they're not worried about those little tedious details that could go wrong. And they're, they're not worried about that. They want that desired outcome. What are we going to get from working with you? What does that look like? And so even by just like shifting that, like simple, like messaging and all that can really, really help, um, a lot, but mm-hmm. even it's, there's a lot that goes into it too. It's not just as simple as saying like that you want to just book premium clients. Like yeah. you need to have like the business, the business to attract it. You need to connect with them. You really need to nurture them. You need to deliver them a premium experience, honestly. And so what I've kind of created, I've created a few different methods, but something we can talk about today, just because I think it'd be a good topic to talk about. It's kind of my inquiry to income process, like that method of what that looks like of getting a client and like almost like taking them and converting them to booking. So the inquiry to booking them and how you can Mm -hmm. convert them almost to into premium clients from there. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that you can create them into premium clients throughout your whole experience too. But if you want to create them into premium client before you even book with them, that's, I think is a good to talk about my inquiry to income process. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many things that I was doing, I feel like in the early days and I was like, I want to get like the best clients, the best clients, but there were so many things I was just shooting myself in the foot, <laughs> like, you know, not having a CRM set up so that everything's like consistent with every client, um, like having a very DIY website. There's just a lot of things that I found 
I was, without knowing, just like ruining my chances. Are there any things that you can think of that, you know, those early stages people might not realise that they're, you know, jeopardising that chance? Yeah. And I was going to say too, cause there's, there's so many things, um, we can talk about the inquiry to income method, but I also like first want to talk about like my premium client pyramid. That is like another method that I've kind of created too. So it's like, if you can envision like a little pyramid, you know, at the top and then like it gets broader and broader, like a food pyramid. <laughs> yeah. It's like a food pyramid. Exactly. With like fruits and vegetables and carbs and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So at the very, very top, um, or we'll start with the bottom because I think people, people think that this is what it means. So with the client, um, the premium client pyramid, a lot of people start with social media. They think that everything needs to start with social media. They think that's the way to find clients. They think that's the best way to market to clients. They think that's their biggest lead generator. Um, so it's really easy. And, and what a lot of people do is they put all their, you know, marketing eggs into that basket and they, they, put so much energy into that, not realizing that's only like, you know, a very small fraction or percent of what actually takes to create, um, to bring in like lead generation and create a premium client. Because if you think about it, a premium client might be someone who's not even on social media. Like they might not even have time for Instagram. They might not be on, on Instagram. They might not have someone like that. So you have to have different, you know, lead generation strategies. And I think that's where a lot of people, they put all their effort into Instagram or social media. And then they're like, well, I keep attracting low budget, you know, weddings and low budget clients and stuff like that. And it's like, well, maybe that's just where your clientele right now is they're on Instagram and that's kind of what they're looking for. And so kind of really spreading out your lead generation strategies across other platforms and other ways and other strategies besides just social media. Um, so that's the first one. And then like working your way up, um, is like branding and copy. So like I was speaking to like your messaging and all that stuff, just shifting ever so slightly your messaging from, instead of talking about the stressors of a wedding day and the things that could go wrong and how you look and all those things you want to really like not sell, but show the desire of like that desired outcome because premium clients want to know what they're going to get They're They don't want to know what's going to go wrong. They want to know and envision what they're going to get yeah. from you. Um, and so yeah. switching that copy and that messaging is really powerful. I think switching your messaging too to talk about your clients, instead of talking about you and yourself as a photographer, um, I think is huge. Cause I think a lot of photographers talk about like, thinking about their about page, their about me page, for example, a lot of it's just all about them. Like me, me, me. This is why I got into photography. This is why I like it. This is what I shoot. You know, this is where I want to go on my bucket list. It's all about them. Um, and shifting your copy to talk about no like, really cares. yeah. And like they do and they don't, or like, you know, everyone selfishly, like, just like as humans, they do. It's just natural for like, we want to know kind of like what's in it for us. Like, like how is this going to serve us? Yeah. And so that kind of really goes along with like client experience, even like if you're just talking about yourself, that's not really giving your clients a good experience. You want to tell your clients how that's going to be, um, how that's going to look for them and positioning it that way. So I think that is really powerful and having branding also that matches it. So like the branding and copy mm -hmm. messaging kind of all falls in this, like this second one here, um, you need to have a brand and like a portfolio and all this stuff that really matches that premium client level. And that kind of ties into the next one of that, like that third tier is your website, because like 
whether that be your website, your portfolio, anything like that. There's so many things that I see where I have a lot of students and like photographers come to me and they say, you know, I want to book this like level of wedding, or I want to book this type of wedding. And then I look at their portfolio and it just like does not match and, and doesn't Mm -hmm. match in terms of like the level of what an untrained eye can see as premium or not, you know, as like high level luxury or not. And I think just going through your portfolio that way, just because I think of like, if you're wearing, you know, if you're trying to book very high end, like luxury weddings, um, and premium weddings can look very different for everyone. Like you can have your own definition of what a premium wedding is for you. It does not always mean it's like a high end, like, um, like art filled, like light and airy wedding. Mm -hmm. But if your wedding, if you want to attract more premium, like high-end weddings probably don't have portfolio of like you wearing, you know, overalls in a sunflower field, because that doesn't really, there's nothing wrong with that. I love that. But that doesn't really speak to like the hot, like premium clients. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it all comes down to, to like figuring out what your premium client looks like. Cause mine is not a fine art, light and airy, um, mm-hmm. like ballroom wedding, which what is what you would think a premium high-end luxury client would be. That's not my premium client. My premium client, um, still wants to get married in their backyard or at a, just like a cool, like local place or wants to go elope, um, somewhere cool and then have a fun, like dance perception there, but they just really value the experience and they value like that warm mm-hmm. connection and, and all that stuff. And they're willing to pay for that type of experience. So it's your premium client can be whatever you want it to be. And I think if you can match all these other things up with that, that's going to make more sense. Um, and then to the very, very top tiers, the very top of our little food pyramid here, um, with the premium client pyramid. (laughs) Yeah. That's client connection. So all of this really ties into client experience and client connection, which I am like, that's my area of specialty is client experience and client connection. Cause it all falls into, it all falls under one to be honest, cause client experience is everything you do in your business. But it's also like how you're connecting Mm -hmm. with your clients, how you're also connecting with other vendors and other wedding vendors and um, past clients and and all this stuff so that you can make those connections too. That's just another lead generation strategy that you can do. But how you connect with your clients is almost like that in-person experience that you're delivering them to match everything else you've done online. Because we do live in such a digital space right now that most of what we do is online. So when you meet them in person and you're delivering them their wedding day, like as in you're delivering that in-person experience on their wedding day, like as in when you're there on on their wedding day, that needs to match everything too. And Mm -hmm. so if you can do that, especially during their engagement session, because that's the first time you're meeting them, that's going to immediately make or break the trust that they have in you. Because if it doesn't match the experience that you have and provided them, that's going to break their trust with you. And they're going to be like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> this isn't the experience mm-hmm. we thought. This isn't what we thought it was. And that's not going to match like that premium client type of thing. Yeah. But if you can match that connection, then it's all going to tie together and make sense. Yeah. I've seen this a bit with, um, there's been a lot of like flashy words coming through and kind of photographers are jumping on these words and using them as their kind of branding, you know, their whole ethos when maybe they're not timeless maybe they're not you know modern you know there's all these words people are clinging on to and then when they deliver their experience and it's not matching those words then 
you've also just completely broken the trust. So I feel like there's such a huge importance on that copywriting and delivering what you actually truly do and want to deliver instead of what you think is going to attract the client. Um, Because if there's a disconnect there, that's where I found I got into that trap, you know, when I first made my website and I did the standard (laughs) tagline and everything. And then I was like, hold on a minute, this isn't me. (laughs) This isn't what I'm delivering. This isn't like true to me and it's not fair to the client. A hundred percent. And I also fell into that too. And so it's like my biggest advice for people is just like to stay in your lane, but like dig within too. Like what does your experience, because you and I, we do the same thing. We photograph weddings, but we do it so wild, like just completely different. And so you have Mm -hmm. to lean in to your specific unique approaches and your methods and what you do that's different because how you do it is going to be more desirable to your ideal premium client than it would be mine because we have different approaches and people don't lean into that enough. They lean into the buzzwords, Mm -hmm. exactly like what you said. And they lean into the outward I guess it's not a word, but like just how they're presenting themselves with, like you said, the fancy tagline, the trending words, that's what they lean on and rely on with that is so not what you should be doing. Like dig yeah. within and like lean into your unique approaches and methods, because that's, what's going to make you different too. And really tie that into your, to your messaging and your copy. I love that. That's exactly yeah. right. So say you have like a perfectly ideal premium client reach out to you. Um, what are the few things that you implement that help you kind of clinch that, that inquiry? is the follow-up. So those are like my five steps to it. And obviously each step has, a, has its very dense topic, mm-hmm. like in itself. Um, but I think just like with getting your inquiry is like knowing where your biggest lead generators are, what are they like at the moment, something that I really love to tell people. And cause I think, like I said, when I talked about the premium client pyramid, people get really caught up in just social media. And so that can get overwhelming and lead to burnout, like super, super quick. And so I always tell people to make sure you have at least one lead generation strategy that doesn't require your everyday attention. So something mm-hmm. that can kind of be running on the back end for you. So that way inquiries can just be coming in and you don't even realize it could be, they could be coming in on a day that you're not doing anything. Cause you don't, whereas like Instagram and social media, you feel like you have to like show up every day in real time and do that to yeah. get inquiries, which I'm not saying is not powerful either. Cause I have seen it's great exhausting. results in that too. But it's, yeah, it's unattainable. I mean, you just can't, like, you just can't show up every single day. And so making sure you have something else that's like running on the back end for you, a different lead generation strategy that way. Um, And also making sure you have a really solid like contact form and contact page and that your funnels, like not to get too like technical and stuff, but like your funnels that you're walking them through, like 
you never know when a client is going to land on anything of yours. You you don't know when they are coming into your experience and their client experience with you starts the second they hear your name, they are told about you, they come across you online and you don't know where they're coming across you online. Is it a post that you posted months ago? Is it a blog post they found on social media? Is it a Pinterest pin? Um, did somebody send it to them? Like you have no idea where their point of entry is with their experience. So you need to make sure your call to actions and your funnels from each piece of content are leading them into in the most simplest form to your contact page. If that's your end desire Mm -hmm. is to get them into your contact form and get them into your world. So making sure every piece of content is really solid and strong that way. Um, There's a lot that kind of goes into like getting the inquiry, but um, I'll just touch on those two things Mm -hmm. for that part. Um, And then the next one, number two, in like the inquiry to income method is crafting your initial response. This one is probably my favorite, arguably. I say that about all of them, but, um, this is something that no, nobody's doing because everybody just has specific templates that they like respond to, you know, whether they're available or not, or they think they're like kind of customizing it and they are not because they're not doing it, I guess, in the most efficient way is what I have seen from experience anyways, because what you can do is like, pick up on. So there's like, there's three different things you can pick up on from an initial inquiry form, um, to then craft a response to them. You can look at like what basic human need they are. And so that's just kind Mm -hmm. of like, um, something that's like just a method. I think Tony Robbins came up with this, but it's like every human has these certain needs. It's just our basic human needs, whether that be, um, there's certainty, mm-hmm. variety, significance, love and connection, um, contribution and growth. Um, I think are the six. And so you can pick up on what they are and maybe what they value based on what they said in their contact form. So if there's someone who fills out your contact form in like in great detail, like they go all out on the proposal story, they talk mm-hmm. about how important they are or how excited they are that their whole family's going to be there, that that's really important to them. They have a big wedding party and just having people around them, you know, and they go into like, they send like a paragraph of like their love story. Yeah. You can probably assume that their human need is probably love and connection because that's what they desire. Therefore, when you craft your initial response, you can also lean into that more because you know that that's what they desire and that they need to feel love and connected. And so that's how you can kind of respond to them. Um, Another thing too, is to look like whether they're left brain thinkers or right brain thinkers. So if there's someone who filling out your contact form, that's basically like, this is the date we're getting married. This is where we're getting married. What are your prices? You know what I mean? Like very straightforward. This is so Australian. I I get so many of those. Yeah. And you know, I think it's such a common misconception for people to be like, they are not my ideal client. They are out of my price range or they're just, they didn't go into, they're not obsessed with my work and they just want to know prices. When that is so wrong because they might just be more left brain thinkers. And Mm -hmm. us as like creative entrepreneurs, naturally, most of us are right brain thinkers. We think very emotionally. And so I think we get thrown off when other people don't think that way and they're coming to us for a service that Mm -hmm. is. So I think it's, it's important to, it's our job to take that, realize that when you get that on the initial inquiry form and realize that, recognize it and be like, okay, 
It's my job then on this next step, which is the phone call, which we'll get into is to belief shift them. And that tells me, okay, I've got to do a little bit more belief shifting. I've got to lean into that emotional side. I've got to shift them from left brain thinking to right brain thinking during this phone call. That's, that's what I need Mm -hmm. to know. I need to do a little more leaning into them and telling them the emotional side of it, the story side of it, the storyline and, um, tell them that a little bit more so they can feel it a little more. Cause that might be something that's not natural for them. I didn't quite, it was exactly like that. And it was like, you know, very straight to the point. And then with my systems, I send those kind of follow-up questions after with like the proposal story and all of that, a favorite memory together. And they fully got into this emotional story about how like they had the best proposal ever. And then like one of their favorite memories was they went skinny dipping in New Zealand and freezing water. And like they totally opened up and it just completely changed like my perspective of who this client is and what they actually want because at first I was like they just want rigid you know (laughs) so if you don't ask these questions I feel like you actually don't know what they want things at a time that's like it's too early it's not the right time you just want them to get your contact form Mm -hmm. and like fill in and get into your world. And then like you said, you can like, you can dive in a little bit more from there. Um, and so I love that. And that's just like proof too, that you, so, you know, sometimes it's not, everything's not what it seems right off the bat. So it's knowing that and analyzing it too. And mm. kind of the third one too, with that is like kind of knowing their love language. Like, can you pick up their love language from their initial inquiry form? Like, mm. um, and then that once you know their love language or can kind of pick up on and maybe guess of maybe what it is, then you can really show them love and like yeah. show them that you'd be, you, you know, you care about them. And, um, so that is all like crafting that initial inquiry response is huge. So it's not just basic. It's not just you're available or not. Here's your prices. Um, I think like sending your prices or not just depends for me. I like to do a lot of custom proposals. Therefore I'm not always sending prices right away. Cause I do a lot of custom work Mm -hmm. just because no weddings are the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, if it's just a very like standard, straightforward project, wedding, whatever it is, and like it's local, here's the prices, here's what I know it is, is I know it's within budget, then I'll send my prices in that initial inquiry follow-up email. But a lot of the times Mm -hmm. I don't because I like to customize things, which is kind of what we'll get into too. But um, the third step too, to the inquiry to income process. So we had getting the inquiry and then crafting your initial response. And then now number three is the phone call. So like we said, and this is always my only call to action from that initial inquiry email. Like this, the only point of that email for me is to get them on the phone. So I'm not giving them a, a bunch of call to actions and asking them a bunch of questions and all that stuff. Like the main priority is just to get them on the phone so I can talk to them and that's where I dive in deeper and like ask those questions, really get to know them. Um, and then from there I can really set up and figure out like how I want to price this for them and what makes sense for them and creating something that's really unique to them. So then Mm -hmm. obviously after I have that phone call, knowing how much, um, you know, belief shifting I need to do in terms of if they are left brain thinkers, um, how much I need to go over, and all that. Then step number four is creating the custom proposal, like, which is what I do is it's basically a a pricing guide, but it's custom pricing to them. And so there's a lot that goes into that too, because it's not just a pricing guide. Like I have a base template that I use like as a pricing guide, but also 
you really, you want to custom customize it to mm-hmm. them, meaning like changing the copy in it, changing the the photos in it, um, changing the price, like obviously the price in there, but like the package names too. So if there's someone who yeah. they, they mentioned that they, they really love like Starbucks, for example, your package, um, names could be like, uh, venti grande or tall or whatever it That's is. So or, cute. Oh my gosh. I love yeah, that. And like, letting them know it's like I'm like making it unique to you you know or if they someone they said they love to travel they love national parks you could name it you know the name of three different national parks or something Mm. like that so it's just like you're really customizing it to them and letting them know like I'm not just throwing prices at you like this is something that's and this this helps with their client experience too because this isn't just a transactional thing this is something Mm. we're creating together and we're really getting custom custom with it and that's why I love doing custom proposals. That's also another reason why I don't have pricing on my website because everyone's so different and I, I don't want it to seem transactional. I really care about and like want to connect with my clients. Um, and so that's kind of my reasoning and like, and like why I do it that way. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's just like a little bit about custom proposals too. When you first started doing consults over the phone, did that feel like uncomfortable or did it take a while to get used to that? Because I used to always just book over email. And when I started doing Zoom consults, I was getting really nervous and like it took a while for me to adjust. But once I did, like the conversion off that instead of just over email was insane, like crazy higher. <laughs> yes, it. I feel like it totally helps with the conversion stuff. I also feel like it's less pressure for people to get on the phone versus like a FaceTime because FaceTime might require more time for them. They have to get ready. They might feel like they need to be in a space or maybe they're at work and like phone call, you could be driving, you could step outside. You could be like walking around at work. Like you can be multitasking. And I like it because I'm like also Googling stuff. I'm like Googling sunset of their day. I'm looking up their reception. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, this could be here. It's like, I'm also multitasking. So a phone call, I feel like works really well for me. But I did see like an increase in conversion and like booking rate with that. But I also say like, if you're someone, it, it came natural for me because I am more of like an extrovert and like I, I can connect with people easily. But also if you're more of an introvert and that doesn't come natural for you, that's not something you want to do in your business. I first challenge you to step out of your comfort zone and see if it does just because, I mean, like you said, the results from it are so great. But also it's like, if you're just an introvert and that just doesn't, like feel right to you, it might just not work for you too. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's a very small case, like case of people yeah. though. I always suggest people like push out of your comfort zone and do it because you're going to have to talk to them and connect with them at some point too. Exactly. And, and people too, that are drawn to having more of an introvert photographer, they're probably introverts themselves too, possibly, you know, mm-hmm. um, everybody wants different things. Cause sometimes people do not want an extrovert photographer. Like that's too much. Like it's too in your face. Mm-hmm. Like we want someone that's more laid back. So even just getting to hear them and talk to them more. Um, I think I, I always just say like challenge yourself and try it because yes, like you said, it increased your conversion rate, like right away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Number five, (laughs) number five, here we go. So the last one, the last one, like point in like topic, I guess, in the inquiry to income process is the follow-up. And I think a lot of people, they like, they get them on the phone, they send them an email, they send them their pricing. Then they're like, okay, they didn't respond. And now I'm nervous and I'm not going to say anything because they don't like my prices and all this stuff, which is Mm -hmm. so not the case. Like you can 
there's ways that you can kind of go about like following up in that. And I would say, say like a, a huge percentage of my bookings who are in the follow-up because people get busy. Um, and like they just, you know, people get busy and it's not that they didn't want to book you. It's just that they either, you know, get caught up in stuff. So having like a really fun follow-up method is really great. Um, and so uh, like a method that I created too, there's specific things So it's like, you want to like send them. So I say, I create them a custom proposal. I send them that and it has their pricing and it has all of that stuff. If I don't hear back from them in a few days, I send them a video response. And so I just record like a quick video of myself just being like, I had so much fun talking to you on the phone. I know things are busy. So just let me know what questions you have about anything. Um, This is like a custom experience together. So let me know what, if you want to change anything, to add anything, I would love to just customize this with you and like go back and forth on that. And Mm -hmm. even just saying like, I know we talked about, um, that you really liked chai lattes, you know, and you didn't like how you really like chai lattes or whatever. And I was at a coffee shop the other day, so I decided to try it. So, cause I was thinking about you, you know, something <laughs> like, obviously don't make anything up, but it's like, if you can make those connection points of like what you talked about on the phone or like something that reminded you of them, um, just like making that extra connection. So that way, when they watch the video, they're not like, oh, this isn't just a generic video. Like she made this video for me, for us following up. Um, and then 9.9 times out of 10, they're at least going to respond, you know, cause they're so thankful you did a video for you, for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And they're at least yeah. going to say something, whether that be, they want to go with you, whether they need more time, whether they went in another direction, they're at least going to tell you. And yeah. I always say, if you don't follow up with you after that video to send like that last call email, like that last pitch. And that would basically be like maybe a week after and just being like, Hey, I haven't heard from you. So I'm assuming you went in a different direction. Um, let me know if I can be of any service to you in the future or anything like that. That way it's very yeah. straightforward to the point. And they're either going to respond be like, Oh no, no, we really want to go with you. Sorry. We've just been so busy or yeah, we did end up going in a different direction. It's going to be one of those two. Mm-hmm. So you're at least getting a response back. It's like in a really quick nutshell of just like breakdown of what that looks like. Yeah. No, I love that. I I got a um, inquired with a copywriter recently, so I'm doing redoing all of my websites, and they did exactly this because I inquired probably midway through December, and then of course December and January is like just insane. It's crazy, and I just like fully stepped back, and it's still sitting there unread in my inbox, like all of her responses. And then I got another one following up saying, you know, I'm assuming you got you booked someone else. Um, if I can help you still let me know. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so it's so true. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. People just get busy. And so it's like, yeah, th- that's how the magic is in the follow-up. And so making sure if you're, if you don't have a follow-up, like a, an awesome, yeah. like solid follow-up method, you need to. <laughs> so that's all amazing. Thank you so much for all of that information. Um, I'm going to end with a few, just a couple little questions. Um, I'd love to know what is inspiring you right now. Ooh, um, you know what? It's this is kind of weird because this isn't a normal answer for me, but in like I'm really finding my inspiration and in just like my downtime with my family right now. Um, even like for my business, like that's what's inspiring me in my business 
mm-hmm. is having like those downtime moments with my family. Cause I'm usually like a go, go, go. Like I'm a huge dreamer. I'm an Enneagram type seven. I'm always onto the next thing. And so it's been really yeah. nice for me to be like, no, I'm actually finding a lot of inspiration in these slow moments. Um, so that's why I said, it's not a typical answer for me, but, um, I think that's where I've been. Cause my husband and my daughter and I, we spent the month in Florida in December. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of nice to just like go spend a month on the beach together. And I think that's where a lot of that stemmed from. And what are your goals for 2023? Oh gosh. You know, I was just, we were just joking because I'm like a little behind. I'm like writing my goals out for this (laughs) year. Not that there's no right or wrong time. It's just that, you know, the pressure of like thinking you have to have it for the new year. Yeah. Um, But something that I would love to do more of like this year is I just, I have, I feel really solid in like my coaching program and all that. And I really want to focus on just like mastery of that, Mm -hmm. like mastering that and just getting better not even better, but just like growing that instead of like adding on all these things, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I just want to become like a master in that. And so that's a main focus for me. I'd love like to would gain, like gain more visibility that way. I just like want to like reach as many people as possible and like have like more speaking gigs and all that stuff. Um, just to basically get my message out more, I think would be kind of my goal for 2023 and also just enjoy some downtime because my baby is doing a few weeks. So I know that I'm going to have a lot of downtime too. So exciting. Are you taking some time off then? Yeah, I probably will take some time off here just to get adjusted. And yeah, but I'll be back shortly. Yeah, Yeah. amazing. This has been so great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I know you're so busy, so I appreciate your time so much. Um, Everyone listening, you can find Rachel on Instagram again at Rachel Traxler. I'll leave links in the description below for her booking bottleneck quiz to help identify which area in the inquiry to income process you're getting stuck at. I'll also link her inquiry to income course in the description. And please, everyone go and listen to the Gold Biz podcast. Such a great way to get educated on so many different photography related topics, as well as just getting a feel for what Rachel's coaching programs would be like. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because a lot of people are like, I came from your podcast. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's nice to hear people talk and kind of see how they are too. So I would love it. Well, I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And I'll talk to you next time. (laughs) Sounds great. Can't wait. (laughs) That is it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And again, a huge, huge thank you to Rachel. Please go and check out her channels. She really is just such like a warm, happy energy. And yeah, her work is amazing. Go check out her business offers and yeah, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time.